Blog Talk Radio. Good morning and thank you for joining us today for Live Dharma Sunday. Please note that if you have called in to listen to today's broadcast, then all lines have been placed on mute to avoid background interference. If you're listening from any of our Bright Dawn sites, note that it is not necessary to call in. You may have to wait a second or two for the loading and buffering process to complete, but if there is still no audio, please refresh your page. For more information about Bright Dawn and its activities and links to our social media sites, please visit brightdawn.org. Once again, thank you for listening to Live Dharma Sunday and enjoy the talk. Welcome, everyone, to Live Dharma Sunday for May 24th, 2020. Koyo Kubose here, so very, very glad you joined us. This is very unique, turbulent times that we're living in. It's kind of surreal. And uh, yet there's... I was... uh, online and there was an article about what we can learn from the virus and um, the teachings. What are some of the teachings that that arise? And uh, it was a very nice article and I'm just going to paraphrase from some excerpts from it. The first thing we learned is that we're, <laughs> we learned we're all connected. And then this is this is a you know very apparent one about interconnectedness, interdependency, and uh, quoting from reading from the expression, a nice expression here. It says the current situation quite dramatically truth of oneness visible. A nice statement. We can. See more clearly how the destiny of other human beings is interwoven with our own. How, in fact, all of creation is a web of intricately interconnected relations. Very nice. And they also say that this is an opportunity to go inside. You know, you can't go outside. So, well, why, why don't you, why don't we go inside? So, because we, we had these newfound little periods of time where before these little pockets of time were previously filled with rushing around and business, important things, seemingly most important things that we have to do. But now we're presented with a unique opportunity to stop, pause, take a look at our lives, reset ourselves, move more into presence. The crisis makes us see what's really essential. Hey, how do I want to, what are my priorities? How do I want to spend the uh, the precious years that I have left in this body? What is really essential? 
what are some of the the value that some of the attitudes or beliefs that I'm willing to let go of? Yeah, I don't know. Indeed, there's a lot of nice points raised in this article. Um, they even quote Jack Cornfield, where he says, the veils of separation are parting and the reality of interconnection is apparent to everyone on earth. We have needed this pause, perhaps even needed our isolation to see how much we need one another. Yeah, that's right. And then it just tells us about uh, being grateful. And it says, nicely phrased, it's not happy people who are grateful, but grateful people who are happy. The moment we get out of our restricted situations in a few months or so, we hope, we'll have the opportunity to be more grateful for all the things we took for granted. It says, <laughs> I leisurely walk in the sun, hugging a, a beloved friend or eating ice cream from a street vendor. <laughs> I like that one. Yeah. So we can make gratitude an intentional practice. Hey, that's a nice way of phrasing it. <laughs> Right now in this moment of uncertainty, and we hope that it'll give us the strength not to fall back into our old old auto, automatic habits. Let's be grateful for that our lungs serve us tirelessly. Grateful for our very ability to breathe in and out. Grateful for waking up to yet another day of fresh opportunities. Hey, that's nice. Very nice. Well, I printed out that article, and I'm going to save it. I thought it expressed things very nicely. Okay, today I want to introduce our guest to give us a Dharma glimpse, Jason Kyoyo, and he's part of the LM12 group. And just recently, they had their induction ceremony, our very first virtual induction ceremony. And he's here to give us a Dharma glimpse, Jason Kyoyo. There are no weeds in a Buddhist garden. I'm not one of those people who puts a lot of work into my lawn. I don't fertilize it. I don't water it. I don't cut it nearly as often as many people do. As a result, there are many weeds in my yard. I took a stroll through it today and tried to notice as many as I could. They're the regular dandelions I grew up with, the really tall ones I only discovered when I moved here, clover, buttercups, little white flowers, little purple ones, tall things with little blue flowers on top. I don't even know what most of them are. Someone who wants a nice monoculture yard of uniform green grass would be horrified by my yard. They would likely want to treat the yard with some herbicides to kill off all the weeds and make the grass all nice and green. The term weed has always been rather strange to me. As Wikipedia defines it, a weed is a plant considered undesirable in a particular situation or a plant in the wrong place. The difference between a weed and a flower is only whether you want it to be where it is or not. It's not about the plant or the quality of the plant. A dandelion, for example, is a weed to some people, and for other people, they harvest it for food, put it in salads, or brew tea with it. Attachment and aversion are two of the three root poisons. Weeds only exist because we are averse to them being where they are, 
and are attached to having something else there instead. They're a product of our desire to force the world to conform to our expectations. Some people suffer because they want their yard to be different than the way it is. They want nice green grass. They don't want other weeds or other plants. There aren't any weeds in my yard. Every dandelion, buttercup, or other plant I can't even name is welcome to be just where it is. I'm happy with my yard the way it is, which is a good thing because my lawnmower is broken. Pretty good. That's pretty good. I think, uh, you know, that topic, uh, I really like that topic about garden weeds and how uh, sometimes we, th we feel that weeds um, are very uh, um, strong, tough, that they can grow between a crack in a concrete sidewalk. Uh, um, and to the extent that we could identify with that kind of a resilience, that kind of a determination, that, that kind of a persistence, uh, we should be take those kind of weed qualities into our own lives as individuals. And uh, they're very hardy. I guess that's the word I was thinking about, very hardy, you know. And, uh, of course, that's only, I think, our perception in terms of uh, being a gardener or, you know, taking care of our lawns and so forth, that um, uh, that the weeds are so prevalent and so hardy. <laughs> what is it? What would it be like to have those kind of qualities? Okay, in when when we might think about our idealistic life, the life that we would, you know, like to have uh, with no with everything going our way, nice green lawn of our life, don't go right. Huh? And so why don't we join the, you know, you can't beat them, join them, that kind of a thing. We say, well, okay, I'm going to take on these qualities of uh, being weeds and, uh, not have the expectation, the unrealistic expectation that life is supposed to be all green, nice and smooth, and so forth. So I think that uh, anyone who works outside, uh, we're given this opportunity to see these bodhisattva weeds, huh? and we could see that same quality in our own minds too. That's all for today's broadcast. Till next time, keep going, and you have a wonderful day. Thank you.